0: Welcome everybody to a, another a supplemental episode here of the 602 Club. We're so excited to be here. We have a lot to cover in the next few weeks. There's just been a lot of things that have come out in the Star Wars universe. We've had a couple of books. Uh, we're going to be talking about the season one of the Freemaker Adventures as well. And so I hope that uh, you're ready uh, because I'm ready. I'm, I'm just excited to, to have so much great content to, to bring to you guys. And so... Before we uh, we do dive into that, just remember you can find all of the shows we do here on Trek FM at iTunes.com slash Trek FM over there on Apple Podcasts. We are a feature provider, so make sure to check out everything that we do. There's a lot going on here at Trek FM and uh, more than just the 602 Cup. In fact, uh, while you're over there on Apple Podcasts, uh, hit us up with a star rating and review. We are doing a... Review contest, we'd love to give you some exclusive original Funko Pop Guardians of the Galaxy exclusives. And the way that you can enter is by giving us a star rating and review over there on iTunes. Uh, Just make sure you do that by June 2nd. And uh, we've got a few new reviews in, so we've got some great uh, new people that will be in the drawing, but you can be added to that. I'd love to give it to you. So make sure you do that. You can find us on Twitter at Trek.fm, Facebook at facebook.com slash trek.fm. You can also find the listeners-only discussion group on Facebook. That's the Babel Conference. So the way you get there is go on Facebook. Type Babel into the search field there on Facebook. Or if you're on our website at trek.fm, any of the show pages will have a little menu bar, and one of them will say Discussion, and you can click that, and that will bring you right over there. And last but not least, if you would like to talk about anything that we've done on the shows, and you would like to send us an email to do that, go to trek.fm slash contact, choose a show, choose the 602 Club, and that'll come straight to me and any of the hosts this week. So, uh, of course, if I'm going to talk Star Wars, anything Star Wars, you know that at least one gentleman is probably going to be there, and that would be the man, the myth,
1: nay, the legend himself,
0: Bruce Gibson.
1: Oh, I thought you were going to say John Mills. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, it is me. It is
0: you. It is you. That's right. Well, uh, you know, John really wanted to be here to be able to talk about what we're going to talk about today. The uh, Guardians of the Wills by Greg Rucka. And, uh, you know, as we're recording, it's Mother's Day weekend and there's so much going on in life and he was not able to make it. But he did say that he really enjoyed this book. And so, uh, you know, he will be able to comments uh, there on Facebook with us as, as we talk about this together once the episode is out. But, um, you know, Bruce, the the interesting thing about this one is, as uh, we're kind of diving in, this book is definitely uh, a middle grade book. Uh, it is is kind of written for a little bit younger of an audience. And yet, um, they're like all of the middle grade books, there's so many little nuggets in here that I thought were kind of interesting for the Star Wars universe and one of the things that really jumped out to me is we kind of learned a little bit more about Jeddah and um, the the city of uh, Nigetta and the whole aspect of how many different uh, versions of a force religion are there this is something that really jumped out to me there are a lot of religions of the force that we'd never really heard of before uh, not just the Guardians of the Wills, but we got uh, the, the Disciples of the Wills, which are apparently kind of linked with the Guardians. We've got the Brotherhood of the Beautific Accountants, the Firmists, the Weld Singers of Grace, and the Central Estoper, I think is how you'd say that. I, I could be wrong. But so I, I wanted to ask you, Bruce, uh, because, you know, obviously with... The Force Awakens, we also got the Church of the Force. But we never really seem to get a lot of information about any of these and what they really believe. We just kind of hear about them. So, like, having all these names come at you, like, what what is it do you think they actually believe about the Force? Because that's not something we get in the book.
1: It's hard to say what they believe in the Force because, like, with Chirrut, He can sense the force. He just can't control the force. So there's something there in that whole psyche of hearing it and understanding it. But I don't know what it is that they're really doing with it. I guess all these different religions may just be looking for their calling through the force and what the force is maybe telling them to do or what the force is suggesting that may be coming up or that's happening around them. But I don't know what the different religions would be, what one religion is doing different than another. I guess you could probably say that too with Christianity. I mean, there's different segments of Christianity. You've got you know Lutherans and Methodists and Presbyterians and Baptists, so on and so forth. But um, there's always something a little different between them all. And we don't know that about these religions yet in the Star Wars universe. I'm hoping at some point there's a reveal of what the different religions are and how they operate and how they differ from one another. And I hope there's a plan as of now. And it's just not them sitting there going, Oh, well there's a religion called this and there's a religion called that, but we really don't know what it is yet. I kind of hope that they have a master plan and that somehow maybe the mentioning of these religions have something to do with the current movies that are coming out in the next episode eight and episode nine of the trilogy.
0: It's interesting because the only other one of these that I'd really heard of was The Firmists, and that was mentioned in Join the Resistance that just came out not too long ago. I was actually reading that on the way to Celebration, and uh, I they they mentioned this kind of new force religion that I hadn't heard of before, and you know they kind of seemed to have a church and a set of beliefs and everything, but we didn't really dig into it there either, so I'm right there with you. The, the most interesting thing about this is are they variations on a theme, like you were saying, with uh, the the kind of denominations of Christianity? Are they more whole different views of the Force in the sense of... You know, I remember when we met the Lasats in Rebels. You know, they have their whole view of the Force, which seemed to be very different than the Jedi. And this is the thing that, I guess... I get I guess it's maybe concerning in some ways for me. So back in, even prequel era original trilogy era, you know, uh and and mainly it's the prequel era where we kind of learn more about the the Sith and the Jedi. And that was the can, kind of the main views of the Force. And now we're learning that there's like all of this other stuff, but it's so ill-defined. I don't know how to take it. You know, like uh, to me, in the end, uh, what we have right now—the most important parts of a force lore—are Jedi, Sith, and those that kind of are in the middle, like the Bendu or Ahsoka. And that seems to be the most important thing to me. And and because I we don't really understand all this, like I don't really know how to take all this. Does that make sense at all?
1: Yeah, I'm also wondering we're always told about the light side and the dark side of the force since star Wars began. And now it's getting that little more gray area, that area where people even refer to, you know, gray Jedi, which a lot, you know, some people don't like even going and saying gray that, that, that shouldn't really even exist. So I'm just assuming that these religions are practicing with the light side of the force, but that's just an assumption too. I don't know if there's any dabbling in anything that hinges on the dark side of the force within some of these religions. And the fact that this is Star Wars, I can see something developing where you have one religion fighting another religion. And there's a war that breaks out, just like we've seen in our history of religions not getting along, and war breaks out because of religion. And it's not because one religion's on the light side and the other's on the dark side. They could both be on the light side, but they see things differently and they practice differently, and a conflict begins. I just think there's so much opportunity. You know, with with Star Wars, it was always just you know the Force. It was just right. the Jedi and the Sith. And now there's so much dimension here that we can play with.
0: And and that's the thing that I'm most interested in uh, because it does seem like obviously hey, let's connect us to the last Jedi. We get Luke saying, I only know one truth and that the Jedi have to end. And I think that's pretty fascinating thing that and and that could be taken many, many ways. Obviously, you know, Luke could be saying the the way that the Jedi haven't done things for thousands of years needs to end. Uh, in that statement, he could be legitimately saying, "No, we need to start something completely different." Uh, you know, we need like basically a, a Jedi Reformation. You know, where it's uh, you know a, a completely new offshoot kind of thing, or uh, you know, so there's so much th- that can that could be taken. And and how will all of these different Force religions play in? And will they? Will it be something where you know part of Luke's travels have been studying all these different versions of the uh, the Force kind of uh, do you remember uh, in the old Legends series uh, what was it F- uh, Fate of the Jedi where Luke and Ben his son go on that journey to study all the different uh, versions of the Force religions uh, that's kind of what I'm wondering if if they're kind of building all this so that l- that's what part of what Luke was doing not just studying the Jedi but the ideas about the Force in general in that time period.
1: Yeah, and what we've seen in the trailer are the books. Yeah, absolutely. The The assumption that it's, you know, the wills. And we don't know that for sure, but we do know that in the book we just read, Guardian of the Wills, What what is the wills? We still don't really know. I don't even know if I should say what is or what are the wills, but... It, there's still not any explanation as to exactly what the wills is and if these are guardians of it is this like the bible of the force or is this a, or or the wills a, a race of beings i've heard that discussed before um and and i'm this isn't a complaint about the book i don't want all the answers I mean I do and I don't, but that's the beauty of Star Wars. We've always gone through Star Wars not knowing the answers to everything right. and always asking questions. And and I don't want to get to a point where it's like every answer is is there presented mm-hmm. to us and all the questions right. are off the list now and then we just don't have any speculation. I just I like the idea if we can just keep building on this and go, Well, what is this and what is that and mm-hmm. what does this mean? I mean, I don't even know. Well, we get to a point where the force gets to be co- so convoluted that we're just like wow they have done everything with the force that it's just it doesn't even make sense anymore. Like I don't want it to go too far.
0: No, I I think you're absolutely right. There there is it's almost a you know Bantam books they wanted to do stories about like young Yoda and explain where he came from and and George said no. That needed to be a mystery. He wanted Yoda and his his past Uh, that far back and his people and all of that to be a mystery there was something about the mystery that made it uh, more fun I think for George and for the fans honestly because you got to speculate like you're talking about in the same way with the the ideas about the force there needs to be some mystery there you know that's that is part of any kind of of faith that there is there is some mystery there is uh, some point where uh, you can think about it logically, you can think about it, uh, you know, through a certain uh, lens, and then you have to have some amount of faith as well mixed in. And so with Star Wars, yeah, we don't want the the Force completely, just the curtain pulled back, and this is all that it is, and this is how, it, you know... Um, and I'm sure that's part of the reason why uh, people had such a problem with the idea of midi midichlorians. They felt like that was pulling back the the curtain too much. And yet, in the end, that only just, to me, created more mystery. Like, there was another layer, but it still added so many questions that I don't have answers to, right? And, and the same thing with, with this. And uh, I think you're absolutely right, though. I, I don't think... There is necessarily um a problem with us maybe wanting a little bit more explanation. Like you said, I've I we still have no idea what the wills are. You know, I don't really know any more about the guardians of the wills or the disciple of the wills and their kyber temple and what all that means any more than I did before I read the book. And so I do feel like that there should be a place where we get some answers to that without completely pulling back every layer of the onion and just you know, here you go. So I, I, I think there needs to be more of a balance. Uh-huh, balance. Uh, balance of something. Yeah, uh, and I think right now they've just raised a lot of questions. It feels a little bit like an episode of Lost, you know, where there's <laughs> just a billion questions and not enough answers. Uh, I do feel like they should start answering some of the questions for us.
1: Well, I guess that's what I was getting at. Is I hope that they have a plan because it's just like you said with Lost. I feel like they came up with all these different ideas that people speculated on, and they didn't really quite know what the answers were, and they would gonna they were gonna figure it out, and it didn't always work, or we never really got the answers because maybe they didn't know what the answer was. But I hope we do get something more with Star Wars in the fact that Kathleen Kennedy. And the people at Lucasfilm mm-hmm. are sitting there from the guidance of George Lucas and saying, okay, we know all the secrets. We have it all here. We have it all laid out. What all this really means. And we're just going to take little bits and pieces of this, pieces of it through the next several decades and reveal little by little of what all this means. Absolutely. I, that's what I'm hoping.
0: Absolutely. No, I, I completely agree with you. Yeah, I, I love we're, we're on the same page in that. I think. Uh, and I, I, think a lot of fans feel like that. You know, we want enough answers, but we don't want all of the answers to take away the mystery. And so, um, th- and that's something that was interesting too about this book. Obviously, it's a it's a small book. It's it's not very large. Um, it l- legitimately it's not even the size of a normal book. It it's kind of this fun little uh half pocket size. Like, <laughs> it's 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 great. I love the way that it's laid out. But um, we uh we do get. Um, these very interesting, uh, just one more thing, these Meditations on the Force. And it's a collection of poems, prayers, and Meditations on the Force edited by Kozim Pell, Disciple of the Wills. And we get kind of these little Force sayings before each chapter. Um, And some of them are more well-known, like the Jedi Code, the Sith Code, um, the... uh, the prayer of the force that cheer it, praise things like that. And then some of them are, are way more esoteric. Um, you know, I, I think that that's fun, but honestly, it, it didn't necessarily add a lot, I felt like, because so much of it is so esoteric that you're just like, well, I don't, I mean, without a context, I have no idea what this really means. I mean, it just feels like, okay, and like here's some, and I'll put this in air quotes, dink dink, for stuff.
1: Exactly. I'm glad you said that because as I saw those, I was just like, okay, well, this is interesting. These are quotes from some other religion or something and not really getting that much out of it. It's interesting because it reveals that there's all these different religions within the force. But, um, I was thinking maybe Matt will pick something up (laughs) that I didn't, (laughs) but I guess not. But again, it's those hints, you know, it's, it's enough. Just to make me say, okay, there isn't just the Jedi, the Sith, and some Church of the Force. Mm-hmm. There's so much more out there and it really expands the universe in a book.
0: Yeah. <laughs> what do you uh, what do you think you know so the, the storyline here revolves around Bays and Cherit. Uh, you know it, it seems like maybe a year or so before the events of Rogue one, uh, you get the feeling that it's about that long. And uh, so what do you, as a book about the Guardians of Wills, and obviously the main focus is these two characters, what were the things that you really pulled out about and, and that you learned that you felt like you didn't know in Rogue One? What do you feel like this adds?
1: When it comes to the characters, for me, the relationship was there, just like we saw in the movie. I didn't feel like I learned much about their backstory which I was hoping to get more of that and how they got to be involved as the guardians of the wills. So we didn't get that. But what I did learn from them is Bay's has lost his way with the force, which I kind of gathered from the movie, but it was more apparent now. I mean, it's, it even said that his balance has been lost long ago. And whether or not the Force was still truly with him, Bayes knew that he was no longer with the Force, but he would not kill in anger, not if he could at all help it. And so that part was interesting because he lost his way. Whatever happened there on Jeddah and the Jedi are gone and whatever happened in the Clone Wars, Bayes lost his way. Bayes is no longer connected to the Force, but Cherit is. So you've got this yin and yang with the force between these two characters. And as we saw in rogue one, Bayes comes back to the force at the end. And and if anything, again, I feel like I kind of knew that about Bayes in the movie, but it really stood out to me more this time and started to see how he was coming around to it.
0: Yeah. I think you're absolutely right. That what the book does is flesh out what you saw in the movie. So, now, if you've read this and then you watch the movie, you feel like you just have the full kind of understanding of the arc of the characters, specifically the Bayes character, uh, because Chirrut really doesn't change much. Chirrut is pretty much what you saw in the movie. I mean, he.
1: Yeah, but didn't And I read this about a week ago, but wasn't there a point that he really was getting angry? It was he was almost being pushed.
0: Well and yeah that's that's the interesting part here because of the of them what we do find out the most interesting part about them as characters is that they they actually did work with Saul Guerrero and that they were part of that his partisan movement there on Jeddah for a while and they were very helpful to that movement because they knew the city inside and out as Guardians of the Wills. And they were able to kind of find ways of sneaking into places that Saul's group might not even know about. And so it was actually very beneficial for Saul's group, especially with uh, Bays, because he knows the city. And he's he's also somebody who really believed in the idea of of wanting to fight back. And that's an interesting thing because, uh, as we talked about with Rebel Rising, Bruce, the question of how do you fight the Empire, what do you do to fight it, is really apparent in this book as well. Like, how far do you go? What actions do you take? Uh, You know, is is so important, and that's the struggle between Bayes and Chirrut. Uh, because Bayes is more on Saul's side where he's willing to do anything it takes, whatever it is, to hurt the Empire. Whereas Chirrut, his anger starts to come from we're doing more harm than we actually are good to the people we're saying we want to help.
1: Yeah, I was. that was the second thing I was going to mention was the Saul Guerrero connection. I had no idea that they had worked with him. When I watched Rogue One, I didn't even know that they knew who he was. I just assumed that they didn't know who Saul Guerrero was and he didn't know who they were. So it was interesting that we got to see them actually starting to work with him. And then they pulled themselves away because they didn't believe with his philosophy, which very much seemed, as Spock would say, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. Like, I could actually hear Saul Guerrero say that because he's taking chances where innocent lives could die because of his action but that's the price you pay to get your message across to the people of the galaxy that you need to fight the empire it's to call attention and if innocent lives are lost well that's the price you pay because the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few
0: yeah and that's that's one of those places where uh that logic kind of fails you know, because you can start to rationalize a lot of things with that logic if you're not careful, and that's where I think Bayes and Chirits differ for a while in this book because Bayes is definitely on that side of no, we're we're doing good, and, and and even if it hurts some innocent people, that that that's not what's important. What's important is fighting the empire, and Cheerit is on the other side saying, but no, that. No, there's a, a right way to fight the Empire and a wrong way. And maybe we're doing this, we're going about this the wrong way. Maybe we're doing more harm than good. And uh,
1: I. Well, it's like the Jedi all over again in the prequels.
0: Exactly. Absolutely. You, I think you just called out a really nice uh, parallel to what we see in this story. Uh, but th- the struggle that the Jedi had. What do you do? Do you not fight, Pack? I mean it, and um, I also think it brings in the connection with remember the rebels episode where Ezra is talking to Yoda and he's talking about you know, that he's going to fight and he's he's going to protect his friends, and Yoda is trying to get him to see it's not just important to fight, but it's how we fight. It's what we do, you know, and, and that's the struggle that we're getting here with Baze and Chirrut. And I really like that connection to what we saw specifically, like you said, in the prequels with the Jedi, but then in this dark time where, uh, you know, you're seeing that struggle in someone like Ezra and Yoda trying to bring him back and not make the same mistake that the Jedi did I think that's a really nice connection, and that's one of the things that when you start to put it all into context, that's one of the things that makes this an interesting book because, you know, that's also to the struggle of the rebellion at this point too, you know, especially once we get to Rogue One. Like, what do we do? How far do we go? Uh, you know, do we still work through the Senate? Do we uh, go and attack Scarif? Is, you know, like, those are all the questions that they're facing. And uh, none of it's easy to figure out. You know, um, fighting a war like this is never easy. And, And I like that, as we kind of talked about at the beginning, there is a sense that this is a universe mired in the gray at this point and not so much just the black and white. Like, we know the Empire's bad, but what do we do and how do we fight it? There, there's a right way to do that. There is a wrong way to do that, and Bayes and Cheerit have this argument in themselves together as friends, where they fall on the opposite side for a while, and um, you know, it it does start to make Cheerit angry, and that was I thought you're absolutely right. That's that was the thing that I think really made this book fascinating to read.
1: What I'm really learning from Star Wars, from all these different stories of the new canon even the old canon books or the EU, whatever we want to call it. The legends. legends. The legends. Uh, and from the movies and the series and stuff, is everybody seems to struggle with the Force. It, they're fighting with the Force. They're trying to figure out how to manipulate or, or try to understand what the Force is telling them. And it causes strife. It causes conflict. It causes war. Even the scene you're talking about from Rebels, you know yoda is trying to explain to ezra what to use within the force and how far to go it's like there's a fine line I only go up to this point and don't go beyond it or and, and even if somebody from the dark side someone who's a sith lord may cross that line and go to the dark side there's still struggle going to the dark side, as we saw in Kylo Ren and Ben Solo. He's being pulled to the light. So there's all this pulling back and forth within the force and people trying to figure out, and is it light, gray, dark, whatever? And I think the lesson I've learned from all of this is to not figure out what the force is and telling you what to do. Just let the force be and let the force do its wills, and not have humanity try to figure out how to work with it and manipulate. It, but just let it happen.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a really big question, and I, I think that you know John Mills and I were talking about this uh, offline, uh, and and kind of thinking about this whole idea of the force and everything, and. Um, I, I think it, it almost seems like the whole goal is to be so in tune with the force that you're always in concert with it. So that anytime that you use the force that you're within its quote unquote will, because you're not you're you're within the flow of the force. So any use of it for you is completely within concert of it and the only way to do that is is to be just absolutely one hundred percent in tune with it, and the only way to get there is to kind of let go of your uh your personal desires and all of that and re- kind of relinquish yourself to the force in a lot of ways and that's super deep but you can't live that's not life yeah and i don't know what that would look like that i mean that's the question like what does that look like and maybe we'll get some more answers to that in the last jedi i don't
1: know <laughs> well i think and i think that's where i'm getting at is i feel that the stories are going in that direction of saying we don't understand the force and we've got it all wrong the jedi the sith whoever you know and 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 to just abandon it and walk away and say don't mess with the force, don't try to figure it out, just be. Mm, We'll create boring storytelling further down the road. (laughs) So I don't know what else they could do with it, but I feel like there's going to be some change that's around that, that everything we know about the force is wrong, and you need to approach the force in this way, and this is the way it has to work. And then maybe it's just educating people to get them to come that way in future stories. I don't know. Mm -hmm.
0: One of the the interesting parts of the story too, and it's not uh, massive but it is interesting Kea and Keeley these sisters who run the orphanage I thought that they were kind of a nice mirror for Baze and Chirit and the struggles that they're having um, and you know the more spiritual one and the more practical one uh, in the family and um, their whole storyline really plays into everything else that we get with uh, Baze, Chirit, Saul everything gets connected through them because for Bayes and Cherit to join Saul's group, uh, their whole goal is to they'll help Saul, but you need to make sure that uh, Kea and Keeley and their uh orphanage are taken care of that's their that's their reason for joining is what Saul's gonna do for this orphanage and saving these children and the whole end of the book plays out. With seeing just how extreme Saul is willing to be, and I think that was uh, one of the best parts of the book. In the end, was at the end seeing why the rebellion has turned its back on Saul and his partisans because their extremeness. It's, it's, uh, it, well, let's just say it's really extreme. I mean, the, the, the lengths they're willing to go to try and hurt the empire is, uh, it's, it's kind of actually like, it, it is just
1: actually disturbing. Well, I would almost say that in a sense they're terrorists, but on, but what they think is good, what, and we also think that they're trying to do it for the good, but that's what terrorists do, <laughs> you know, in their own minds of what is right and what is good. Um, because also with the orphanage, the, it started off with maybe about a dozen kids in this orphanage, and it more than doubled over time. And a lot of it had to do with what Saul Guerrero and his people were doing within Jedi, within Jedha to get attention from the empire and make a statement. So, you know, these kids' parents were dying and it wasn't because stormtroopers came in and shot their parents. It was because of the actions of this, of this terrorist group in a sense. I mean, I'm just going to call it out and say, I think they're terrorists against the empire. And we even saw it in rogue one.
0: No, I, I, I absolutely agree with you. I think uh, the, the plan in the end so the, the idea is that they're going to steal a Imperial transport to get all of these kids off of the planet. Saw's plan is, is that he's going to use this transport as a bomb to blow up the Star Destroyer that's hanging right over the city.
1: Right, because that, that, that accomplishes his goal of getting the attention. Right,
0: and... I think you're absolutely right in the sense, like, it makes this group really just a terrorist group because they're willing to do whatever it takes to hurt the Empire and not necessarily benefit a larger rebellion. Like, we're just going to hurt the Empire any way possible, even if— I mean, if you blow up a Star Destroyer that's sitting right over Jedha City, what's going to happen? I mean, that just makes you the ultimate suicide bomber. Because you're in, right. you're in the end, you're just going to kill probably hundreds of thousands, if not, you know, maybe millions of people that live in that city and the surrounding area. Because that star destroyer is only going to go one place,
1: and that's going to hit a city full of people right. that you're trying to right. say well, you're it, protecting. Right? It's fight fire with fire. Absolutely. I mean, he's doing the yep. same thing the Empire yep.
0: would do. Absolutely.
1: And that's and if. He he may have he may have won the war it had he if if everyone followed his way it would have been very disastrous and a lot of innocent people would have died mm-hmm. but maybe the war yep. would have been cut short and the empire yep. would have fell fallen earlier. Well,
0: and and what's interesting too is uh, and I like this book and I like uh, this book along with uh, Rebel Rising and then when we think back to what we read in Twilight Company the Battlefront book and the way in which you you see the struggles of the rebellion just on the ground, the nitty-gritty of, of fighting the Empire, and that it's not pretty. You know, I, I feel like what we see in the movies gives us kind of like the cleaner, pretty version, and then now that we're reading these books, we realize, no, if you're going to do something like this, it's going to be a, a massive struggle. And there's going to be a lot of gray area, and that's one of the things I think I really loved about Rogue One of... you you see a character like uh, Cassian Andor and he talks about all the things that I've done would have been for nothing. Like the things that I've had to rationalize, it would have been for nothing. You know, we have to make this mean something. We have to bring freedom to the galaxy or everything we've done is I I can't live with myself. And the, 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 the emotional toll that it is on these people, what they have to go through, what they have to do. Some of it's not always pretty in a war like this, uh, but Saul's taking it to an even further extreme. You're absolutely right. And he's willing to just say, well, we can do whatever the empire does or worse because they've already done it. And is that, and that becomes that question of like um, in war, how do we fight it? Why do we fight it? Uh, And what do we do? Um, And yeah, it's I like that we're kind of asking these questions in Star Wars because it is uh, it is one of those things that the moral lessons of Star Wars are, are still coming through in the same way, you know, what George was trying to say throughout. The original trilogy, the prequel trilogy through the Clone Wars, asking all these really uh, important moral questions that go beyond just our time period. But they're kind of for every time period because war is is not something that's probably going away anytime soon. So, uh, yeah, this I I think, um, you know, this story adds a lot to that.
1: When I watched A New Hope when it came out in 77, I had no idea all these years later I'd still be trying to figure this stuff out.
0: (laughs) I know it's I mean I I mean I I honestly I feel the same way when it comes to you know I, I didn't see it back in 77 but you know seeing it as a kid in the 80s the, watching the entire trilogy together you know I never thought I'd be really digging in to Star Wars in this way uh, and 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 still getting so much out of it I, I think it's it's really cool th- that opportunity and, and it's actually something you know John Mills and I talked about on aggressive negotiations a few weeks ago the the kind of the personal side of Star Wars, what it is that Star Wars has really impacted us personally, you know, in our our, our lives and who we are, what we've learned about ourselves. And uh, Star Wars has that ability still. And I think that's really cool. So, um, Bruce, let's rate this, you know, I, I, I mean, obviously we there's so much more. And, and And what I love about how we've talked about it, there's a lot in this book that we haven't even talked about. Uh, and and, I, and I, I, we haven't really kind of ruined everything for you. Uh, and especially, and I think, of, of parts of, of Saul. Um, you know, one thing I'll just mention is uh, he talks about how, uh, and I love this quote, he says, I've lost so much, Saul Guerrero said softly. I've given so much, so much to this fight. My hope is not what it once was. And I think th- this book... In concert with Rebel Rising and Rogue One, create uh, this picture of that the galaxy is on the verge of losing hope, and what happens in Rogue One is so important. And I, I you know, when when Leia says hope, that's what they've given us. They've given us a, a hope um, and how important that is to survival. Uh, I re- I really like it. So, um, Bruce, what would you rate, uh, Guardians of the Wills?
1: Well, I read it as an ebook, so I kept forgetting that it was even a middle grade book because I'm not holding what feels like and looks like. Right. The <laughs> <book>. <laughs> but there's just so much there. I mean, obviously as much as we've talked about the subject of the force and the wills and on and on and Saul Guerrera. I mean, there's a lot that comes out of this book and, and it's a fairly quick read. I mean, mm-hmm. I, yes. it's just like a f- few hours at the most, but um, so all in all, I think I would have liked a little more insight background into Cherit in Bayes, but outside of that, I would say I'd give this four religions out of 5.
0: Oh, nice. That's a No, oh man, that's a good rating. I like that. you kind of Oh, man, you
1: stole a great idea
0: from me. I don't, I don't know where to go. Um <laughs> I I'm absolutely in agreement with you. I think uh, that this book is is good. I think it could have been better with just a little bit more exposition on some of the things that we talked about, specifically with the religions of the Force, even maybe just the Guardians of the Wills and the Disciples of the Wills. I would have just loved a little bit more about the history behind them and the, the Kyber Temple there and kind of what all that really is. Uh, you know, like we said, not destroying completely the mystery of it, but just giving us enough to where uh, I I don't feel like so lost in that I still don't understand really anything about them other than they are these people who have some sort of connection with the force but I don't know what it is or why it is or any of that so but it I think of the other things that we talked about the way that it builds the storyline for the characters of Baze, Chirrut, Saw, the Rebellion, all of that it playing into row One it's it for that it's great. Uh, and kind of giving you an idea of what life is like on Jeddah under the imperial occupation, I think was also interesting because it really uh, something we didn't even talk about. but the way it helps show just how bad the empire really is to people under its control and the cities that are under its control, especially as it's um, working to build this death star and, and the way it's just totally taking advantage uh, and doesn't care uh, about the people. It's it's saying that it wanted to protect, right? As Palpatine stood up and said, "We will form the new Galactic Empire." You know, like the, the for the the security. Like he doesn't no no, no the Empire doesn't care, uh, and and that's the thing that that lost the lost it for the Empire in the end because people realized no it doesn't really care about me so no I'm gonna fight for. Uh, hopefully, freedom for a government that would actually care about me. Uh, I don't really know if we learned that the government seems to care much in the New Republic time period, but uh, that's a whole other discussion. And so I would rate uh, Guardians of the Wills exactly like you did, four out of five four-stuffs. So... <laughs> uh, <laughs> four stuffs four stuffs that's because that's what we talked about four stuff um, I it, it, I love getting to talk about this stuff with you it's, I mean uh, the depth that we got out of a middle grade book I think is is fascinating the questions that we brought up so uh, appreciate the fact that we get to do this we've got amazing associate producers here on the 602 club Davis Grayson and Ken trip I really appreciate them Uh through Patreon, making sure that the 602 Club and all the shows on the network keep coming to you each week. Uh, we have so many things happening here on Trek FM. It's an expensive enterprise to make this happen. So go to patreon.com slash trekfm and see how you can be part of the team. You can make sure that all the content comes to you each and every week. We have some amazing perks for you uh, that we like to give back as much as we can, whether it's early access to content, sitting on the Patreons roundtable, and so much more. Again, go to patreon.com slash trekfm and see how just just a little bit every month, make sure that we can keep doing this for you guys. Uh, Bruce... Love talking about Star Wars with you. And if uh, people want to find you and uh, talk more about it or anything else that you're doing,
1: uh, where can they find you online? You can find me on Twitter at Admiral underscore Rex. That's Admiral underscore Rex. And you can find me talking Star Wars on the Star Wars Report podcast. So check that out. And uh, you can also find me talking Star Trek books and comics right here on Trek FM on literary treks with dan gunther and uh, speaking earlier you mentioned the roundtable i hosted the april roundtable here on trek fm and we talked about star wars so if you become a patron on patreon you can check out that roundtable and be in discussions like that you never know just because this is trek fm you never know what we're going to talk about.
0: Man, that's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, you can you can find me anywhere. Uh, I'm on Twitter at MattRushing02. I'm also on Instagram at Mrushing. You can find me here on the network doing The Orb with Chris Jones. We're back. Make sure you check it out, Talking Deep Space Nine. Of course, the 602 Club and the special feed, Star Wars' is the 602 Club collection. You can find all of those on Apple Podcasts. And then I'm over on the Nerd Party Network. We've talked a lot about this gentleman, John Mills. He joins me each and every week as we dive into Star Wars on aggressive negotiations. And then I'm on Owlpost with Drea Kaufman talking about each and every chapter of Harry Potter. Uh, We are in uh, the Chamber of Secrets now, so join us. It's a blast. If you like Harry Potter, uh, whether you're new or an old fan, it's perfect for both. So make sure you check both of those out. Uh, And thank you so much for joining us. And may the Force be with you.